Hello there and welcome to Stormboy Speaks. Uh, today's show, um, I'm just calling Give It A Name. And it's a bit more freeform today uh, of a spiritual intuition, if you like. Um, just me being a Paul Neiman faster loose in the uh, <laughs> in that film, The Hustler. Um, because basically I'm, I'm combining a number of sort of things to do with the way in which our world is structured and the way in which we take for granted these basic things that are around us on a daily basis. And so today, you know, I was just chilling. It's uh, Sunday and I was taking a walk and in a kind of park and, uh, you know, and I was looking up and I saw these clouds, beautiful different clouds, very diff defined in different ways. And I was thinking, oh, that's stratus nimbus and that's cumulus nimbus. Oh, look at me. My ego said to me, I know these, you know, structural names and I thought what a fucking idiot you are uh, basically I realized that's exactly the point that all of humanity has been given these teachings these teachings these labels for everything so we're out in nature for instance I was there and rather than going there's these beautiful creatures around me you know that I call whatever a squirrel and a blackbird whatever I think of them by name and I, th I think about naming them, you know. And like I say, you know, to some, like me being that, it's like some pretentious father saying to his child, oh yes, that's, that's cumulus stratus. I mean, who cares, right? Not only who cares, but ultimately it's meaningless. Somebody sometime, and we know who, gave these things names. And that's by the by. It doesn't, you know, a rose by any other name still smells just as sweet. That's correct. So really what you call things is an irrelevance. And what we, bent, we spend our lifetimes doing in this world, which is hilarious, is thinking that we know things because we can categorize them. Because somebody somewhere once made up a rule to categorize new things or let's let's call this this let's call it that and it fits with this idea of you know whatever it mean vertebrates oh that's in the in the uh, school of vertebrates those with the backbone those without who cares they, i mean it doesn't it's not those things don't have some value everything has value but we overvalue it we overvalue those things so instead of a child a baby who understands the essence of what those things is far greater understands, for instance, what the nature of a butterfly is or a bird. It's just a fluttery, beautiful energy around it. And it understands that and plays with it and says, wow, it makes me feel this way. It's magical. It's beautiful. You know, magical for want of a better word. But in other words, it flows with that energy and just realizes the positivity in it, if you like. So it connects to the actual pure energy of the experience, let's say in this case with a butterfly, bird, whatever, the blue sky, it doesn't make any difference, right? It feels the energy and experiences it. You know, I'm not being all kind of ethereal and kind of uh, idiotic. I'm being very honestly direct. That's exactly what children do. And it's what humanity has forgotten. Those essences and instead it categorizes things and gives them ridiculous names that it made up and thinks it's oh so smart. Now, here's the thing. Imagine that I suddenly realized this as I was walking around. Imagine when I shot up into space at this point from the ground through the sky and I shot up into outer space and I was looking down at the earth I, would I and, and imagine yourself doing that right imagine yourself shooting up through the sky you go through the sky you know 
you're out in space, you look back and the Earth's this blue ball <clears throat> and you're in the blackness of space and it's hanging there in space and there's nothing but stars and some other planets around you and the, you know, that's all you can see. Suddenly you're aware of the utter majesty of the void and of this beautiful kind of planet near you, but in a way you've never conceived of really. You've seen pictures, but what does that mean? Experience and reality are completely different things, right? As anybody who's experienced something, you know, and realizes what it's like to be in a situation and somebody else thinks they understand what it's like until they've experienced it. It's like, no, no, until you've experienced something, you really don't know. Trust me, you don't. So, the, the, you know, you're in this experience, you're seeing this kind of magical thing in front of you. And like I say, instead of you thinking, oh, that's called the earth and look, I can see Africa and whatever, you know, that's great and all, but you'd be struck by the like the astronauts when they went to the, to the moon for instance and they did go to the moon by the way um they would have been struck by and they they you know they were there's no coming back from that i once wrote this there's no coming back once you've done that you've you're changed forever you've seen those things you changed forever i mean of course you are your perspective is completely different and that's a beautiful thing right but uh, and so all of a sudden i think you see this for instance in some of the astronauts when they came back and the, the minutiae of day-to-day -day details and the crap of the nonsense that goes around around them with the politics and stuff um is meaningless in comparison to the utter ethereal beauty of experiencing you know something like that seeing earth in space i mean it's quite a thing undoubtedly right I don't know because I haven't experienced it, but you know, you can imagine, right? So, what I'm saying is that when we, if we were to see those things, suddenly the mundanity of Netflix and your neighbor's opinions and, uh, you know, uh, oh, who you fancy and, oh, I don't know, and making a lot of money and, oh, you know, what you're going to buy next week or have for dinner. These utter mundane things. Are they of any value? Yeah, everything's of value. Of course they are. You know, you, you know, as uh, Alan Ginsberg, I think, said, you know, um, the problem is when you take, say, hallucinogens, you, you think, oh, you know, why do I have to tie my shoelaces? You, you know, so... And, you know, Aldous Huxley pointed that out, said, if you were to take mescaline or stuff like this, or be in a hallucinogenic type state, um, you wouldn't be able to get by day to day in this physiological state. Of course not. Um, and those mundane things have some vague value, but the value is more vague than you imagine. So the problem is that most people on the planet, and 99.9% .9 of people without doubt, concern themselves with mundane daily events until they die and that's what they do that's what they concern themselves with so they miss the majesty and the magic of those incredible moments that they're surrounded with and instead they concentrate on the mundane bits and bobs of what they've got to do to get by tying their shoelaces being a good analogy now it's not that, that doesn't have any value as i say you need to do it but intrinsically it's not the most important thing in the universe and so it's balancing those things out now we live in a world as i've said where those things are drastically out of balance. And my idea of flying up outside of the earth and, you know, instead of naming the clouds and being a perspective where I could see the majesty and magic of things, it would give me this balance back. That's my point. It's not that those naming things have no value or, or whatever, but it's that suddenly I'd be able to understand the importance of those things. And it's not just... 
I'm not just talking about emotion. You see, what they love to fob people off with is they start talking off about, oh, love is everything. Yeah, well, love is everything, but not the love you think. See, it's always love, like, I love them. I must possess them and have them and own them. It's like, that's not love. That's not love. You want to possess anybody? You don't want, you, that's not love. I hate to break it to you. It isn't. Love is the background energy feeling of all things, that when you feel connected to all things in your most kind of meditative state, when you feel that feeling of love and warmth and unity, which you often may feel with family members or, or a lover, um, with somebody you truly love, you know, this sense of connection. That's the feeling, the sense of connection, right? So that sense of connection with all things is, of course, what we're, we need to be concerned with. So if we were t talking about true, real love, which is that's what that is, then yeah, sure. But it's just a misunderstood concept in most of our culture, isn't it? So what I'm getting at here is really saying on an everyday level, uh, what struck me is that we go around and, and, you know, as I say, where did we get all this from? Well, we were taught this by our friends, the Anunnaki, oh, I'm obsessed with, there we go, you know. No, the bottom line is there are historical uh, descendants and um, you can read all these on stone tablets of all the things they left and this goes from the depth of their space travels and the planet they came from and all this to them telling us about how to get married and how to have contracts for marriage this is a fact you can read it on the stone tablets um and having contracts for cattle and having contracts for ownership of property this comes from them those laws come from them without question that's where it all began and you can trace it back 10,000 years at least um, on these stone tablets, right? Now, as I say, what's interesting is these beings that came, so they gave us a lot of knowledge like this, and they gave us um, some spiritual knowledge in the mystery schools which were kept and hidden, as we've talked about, for the elite bloodlines, those who they were descended from the most, um, you know, the most immediately, in other words, their children, the, the ones who are literally half Anunnaki and half human, and then their descendants and so on. And so they kept this knowledge initially in those, and down the line it, it got watered down into what it is today, into elite groups who have money and power, who some of which are descended more closely to these beings, sort of, and some are not. But the bottom line is it's to do with the power, right? And they left us to it. They, they, they left that information, they left it, they went off. That's another story, and we'll get into that at a later date, why they did that and um, exactly what it was about. But the bottom line is, they taught us stuff. Uh, and again, you know, what people love to think is, in our, in our world, we love to think good and bad, and you know, it doesn't work that way, I've said before. These beings were not bad, they were not evil. Misguided, certainly. Obsessed, definitely with lineage and power structures and a hierarchy, hierarchy. And this is the worst thing that they left because it's everywhere in human culture. This obsession with mundanity being driven by power, greed and control. Because ironically, even though these people had great technologies and they had some wisdom, some great wisdoms, they really did when you read the works of Thoth, etc. They, they are, you know, the Emerald Tablets, go read it, you can, read it, you can get the book. It's, it's very interesting. Some of the stuff is mind-blowingly quite good and, and references a lot of things. If you're into this sort of stuff, you'll get it straight away. It's a very thin book. Get it anyway, you get it on Amazon, right? So, um, so for instance, He's referencing that, and, and Thoth was one of the, the, the ancient uh, Anunnaki gods, right? Now, 
and well referenced in elite groups. It's all they're always talking about him by his other name, Hermes in Greek mythology, his name was Hermes, right? Hermes Trismegistus. Anyway, the bottom line is um, this knowledge that he, he passed on was from the mystery schools, okay? And it was kept to the elite for a long time, and now it's got out a bit more into the mainstream and so on and so forth. Um, and ultimately, is that deep, interesting knowledge? It absolutely is, yes. Um, however, however, as always, you see, with them, the biggest thing that they miss, just like they miss the fact that they're giving you these rules and regulations about how to control life, which they undoubtedly did themselves and thought that was a good thing. But it's like, really, I need a contract to get married to somebody, do I? Think about that. You need a contract, a thing of ownership to say to somebody else you love them and you want to spend your life with them and you make that decision together. But then you think you need to sign something for the laws of the land to control you. Does that make any sense? No, it fucking doesn't. Hate to break it to you, but <laughs> the fact that everybody's just been fooled into that, like, like complete, you know, lemmings, is hard to believe, but it's right there. You, know, you have to think about it. I think, wait a minute, what's this got to do with them? Or the church for that matter. Oh, it's all spiritual. Is it? Is it? Mm, okay. But my point is, right, it makes no sense. And this is just one example. They set this up. Oh, thou shalt not, thou shalt that, thou shalt the other. Until, you know, some spiritual teachers like Buddha or Jesus or Lao Tzu came along and sort of said things a bit differently, you know, do unto others as you do unto, have them do unto you. Yeah, that's right. That's totally right. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you because... They are you. And what you do to others, you do to yourself whether you realize it or not. And the thing that these beings never seem to get, which struck me and still strikes me to this day is just kind of mind-blowing, is because they were into the mysteries and they got all these things. They understood the idea of the oneness of all things. They reference it in the mystery schools all the time, right? So when they call themselves gods, it's not what people think, but they did want you to think that they had this kind of great power, which they didn't really, not the same way as they're trying to create, right? Um, so everything is creator source. They know this, they taught this to some extent. Everything is the oneness of all things and everything is totally interconnected and everything is, is karmic. In other words, we've talked about this before, karma is an echo. It's not evil or good, it's not after you, it's just an echo. Everything you do comes back to you because it's the echo of what you do. So if you do something great, wonderful things will come back to you eventually. It may take a long time, they may take lifetimes, but they will come back to you. You do something very evil, it will come back to you. You will, you get what you give, right? You get what you give. You know, uh, perfect symmetry is exactly what is happening here. That's correct. And it doesn't matter. These beings knew this. They, they know this fundamentally. And yet, they're obsessed with control. They go around killing thousands of humans. They don't care. They're about power and control. They kill each other off now and again. They do crazy stuff. They set off nuclear warheads, which you can read in the tablature, at least what sounds like nuclear warheads, you know. Uh, and this is crazy stuff. And you, you think, what? Why are they doing this? Well, they do this in the name of their own lineage and trying to further their own hierarchies. And you think, okay, it's, it's a bit, bit kind of like power crazed. It's like, yes, they're all quite power crazed. And that would be fine if I wasn't going around telling you how I know all this spiritual stuff and I can teach you deep stuff in the mystery schools, right? 
but they do teach you that and it's like well okay and that is some valid knowledge but then it's like okay do as i do not as i say maybe okay well how come all these things and they pass this on to the priests, didn't they who were exactly the same as them catholic priest doesn't matter protestant priest same thing doing the same thing you know uh you preach what you practice what you preach really do you not really so here we have them creating mundane laws which people pay the most attention to things that don't matter really Oh yeah, charge this for cattle, do that, do the other, get married, sign a contract. What? Shut up, I'll do what I want. You'll tell me, you will not tell me what to do. Shut up, basically. Which is what humanity should have said, certainly once they're left, right? And instead, they run their lives like little slaves, of course, which is what humanity loved to be, unfortunately. Not knowing, they're just doing what they've, everybody else does, what everybody else does, right? That's humanity, that's what they do, whether you like it or not. Look around me and tell me, look around yourself and tell me that I'm wrong. I wish I wasn't right, but uh, I am. So, the thing is, I'm saying here is that these people put in place mundane stuff, which seems like intelligent stuff, but it's not really. When you pull it apart, it makes little sense. It's fine as a guideline for people to start with, and then you go, well, we've moved on a little bit since then, actually, which some advanced humans really, really have moved on. Look at Lao Tzu, as I say, look at Buddha. Um, they really had thought around that and realized that these things didn't make any sense. So really, we should be following their example, not um, the examples of, of these old gods, as it were, which we still are, whether we believe we are or not. And... Um, dealing with their ways of their ways of being you know and as i say being more concerned with labeling the world with things rather than the actual quality of the the the, the thing that we experience whether that be going outside for a walk in nature and just the feeling the absolute beauty of being around um animals or, or, or plants or t you know the sky whatever nature is just magical because it flows with the source and it's still uncontrolled by humanity well, largely anyway. But so as soon as it becomes controlled by humanity, it loses something, doesn't it? And this is the point. So if we can maybe focus our lives a little bit more on that energy of, of realizing the, the, the quality of things. I don't want to say magic because it's such a, you know, weighted term. There. And, but that kind of energy of things, rather than um, this idea of kind of how we label them and think that maybe we can change you know the way that we we uh we we travel we travel we we um you know conduct ourselves in our lives whether it be like by these supposed ideologies that have been created already you know whether it be for i don't know how how we build our houses or how we you know live as a community or how we uh get married or any of these things we, we don't have to do it that way we can do it our own way and the future of humanity is whether people believe it or not it's going to be a new way of seeing those things as nietzsche said you know destroy the old law tables and again i would totally agree destroy all of them and rebuild them having understood what actually does make sense and what doesn't destroy the old stuff because to build a new house on the site of an old one first of all you have to destroy that old one don't you that's the nature of the beast and so you have to destroy that learn from it grow from it destroy it and rebuild as it should have been in the first place that's the point and everybody has the opportunity to do that you can go along 
being a sheep like everybody else, doing the same thing as everybody else, watching your Netflix, watching your social media, doing your thing, never really thinking about anything differently, doing your life according to mundane tasks and laws and belief systems that everybody else carries, or you can take a different path and say, actually, you know what, okay, some of that makes sense and I'll keep bits of it, yeah. Like I said about Bruce Lee's JKD, we keep bits that work and we throw away that that does not. And then I walk my own path and go, oh, this makes more sense. It's like, oh, nobody's gone that way before. It's like, that's right. That's why it's going to work. As he says in The Matrix, you know, nobody's ever done that before. And he says, yeah, that's right. That's why it's going to work. Exactly. Exactly that. So on that iconoclastic note... I hope I've inspired you to be a bit different because if there's one thing in this world that I love and respect more than anything else, it is people who have the strength of spirit and soul and guts to be different in a world where you can be anything, right? Be different than everybody else because here's the thing, you know, guess what? Keep doing what you're doing as a species and you'll keep getting what you've got as the phrase goes never a truer word spoken we're in a happy wonderful beautiful world where everything's magical not exactly so maybe it's time to do something different every one of us even if it's the tiniest thing you know even if it's just the way that we perceive something when we, as I say, go out for a walk or, you know, the way in which we uh, ha ha interact in our, in our friendships, relationships, work environments, whatever, rather than just towing the line like everybody else, maybe we can make a different stand, not just be another sheep like everybody else, but do something of wonderful value to the future of humanity. There's my challenge to you. See if you can do something that makes a challenge to yourself and as a new model. It's something small, you know, for the future of humanity or something big, even better. You know what I mean? Be an inspiration. Be an inspiration to the next generation. There's a, there's a sound bite for you. <laughs> an inspiration to the next generation. On that note, I wish you all, as always, truth, freedom, and balance.